Hey everyone, this is Tyler. Our episode ran a little long today, so we're actually going to cut part of this and make it a bonus segment. So make sure to check that out as well. If you want to jump straight to today's topic, head over to about the 14 minute mark and we'll see you there. If not, let's get right to our show. You know, I know this is uh, not a typical soccer podcast, but this is an excuse for uh, Nate and Tyler to let me talk soccer. This is the show that replays the should have beens, could have beens, and great what ifs in sports. This is Replay the Down. What if the USA men's national team ever won the World Cup? What would it mean for the sport in America or even worldwide? This is Replay the Down. I'm your host, Tyler Wessel, here with my friends, Jason DeLaRusso and Nathan Adams. What up, everyone? What's up, everyone? USA, USA. USA. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. First, let's talk American football here for a second, guys. Instant replay. Uh, this past weekend, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, played the first game in Munich against the Seahawks and took a W, thankfully, bringing the team to 5-5. Five and five. Um, But afterwards, some of the comments, I don't know if any of you, either of you saw the video of Sweet Caroline and uh, Country Road, Take Me Home. Am I saying that title right? Um, But the atmosphere at the game was soccer-like, and we know that the NFL has been in in Europe, in London, uh, is going to be in Mexico City later this year. I was really trying to take the game overseas. What do you guys think about either the possibility of more games overseas or even maybe, you know, the, the rumored NFL franchise being stationed over in London or now maybe if Germany is, you know, the hot market, maybe Germany. It's an interesting question because we know they tried NFL Europe and that kind of bombed. I mean, at the same time, that was basically a minor league Kurt team. Warner it wasn't your top. But sure. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we have real stars playing there right now you had tom brady playing there um you know you had the saints and vikings a couple weeks ago with a great great game that had the double doink off off the uprights uh as time expired i mean is it one of those things that they love it because there's only a handful of games and so they can pack that stadium because it's it's only two games or one game a year and so everyone comes out and if you put eight games Maybe it doesn't work. I mean, I look at Los Angeles. Does anyone care about the Chargers in Los Angeles other than, you know, a small minority? And you already have the Rams who won the Super Bowl. But is it is it a, is it a environment where it could thrive as a full-time season? Or is it better to have just kind of the one-offs? What do you think, Jason? Uh, one-offs. Sports is completely different over in Europe and even where I think they would place the team is London, probably probably. um, in the UK, probably in Spurs Stadium because it's set up for it already. They have it in place, all the facilities and everything uh, to be able to support an NFL team full time in addition to uh, the Tottenham Hotspurs. So uh, I think it would go there. As far as fans, though, they're not going to pay the prices that NFL wants for season tickets. I mean, an average season ticket for an NFL team for eight games is thousands and thousands of dollars. For a local soccer team, you know, in town, take Tottenham, for instance, uh, a season ticket, you know, each game is costing you roughly 20 to 30 bucks. 
I mean, that, you know, and even over a course, you're maybe spending $1,500 to go to all those games, um, you know, in, in, a, in a season. So I don't believe that the NFL would be successful having a franchise there because the economics don't work out. I think they will try eventually. I think one team will try and they'll hope on that other people. What will carry the attendance is people visiting from other European countries coming to the area to watch the game as kind of a tourist thing to do. The NFL is eventually going to try because it's heck, it's only a five hour flight. It's not even that that far. Five to five and a half five hours. hour flight from the from East Coast, the East Coast, not yeah. from the West Coast. Now you're talking a long trip. I mean, I remember going a few years ago and you guys are going to roll your eyes because I talk about it all the time. I went to New Zealand and you went to New Zealand from the East. Yeah, I know. I went from the East Coast to New Zealand, that's a much longer trip than going from L.A. to New Zealand, which is still an 11-hour flight. Um, Going from L.A. to London for a game and then coming back to play another game on the West Coast, potentially, that's a little more problematic, I think, for sure. I mean, I think, Jason, to your point, the NFL will try. I think they've proven they're going to, if they have an idea in their mind that they think will work, regardless of what the numbers, if they want to do it, they're going to do it. They have the money. They can do it. Las Vegas, two teams in Los Angeles, taking, taking teams out of St. Louis and San Diego and, and Oakland. And, you know, why do we need two teams in LA? I don't know. LA, was it to justify a stadium? And now one will eventually move back because I don't think you can add another football team at this point. The 32 team fits the schedule. I think it fits the schedule. You don't have enough good players now. Yeah, we don't have, yeah exactly. I mean, we, we've talked about this with basketball. You don't, it, it's tough when you start diluting the talent in the franchises. Um, it's all about I think money you have though, to right? move and someone. If they can figure out how to do yeah. it financially, don't you think they're going to, who would, who do you think they're going to move? Who would that be? I mean, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Jacksonville's an easy answer. Shad Khan with Fulham in London. Yeah. He has, you know, Fulham in London. It's him coming up with the owner of Tottenham a plan to, you know, agree on the stadium using that stadium, if that's what they'll end up doing, which seems like it makes sense because it's already there. It's ready. Even if they want to construct one Shad Khan, I, I think that Jacksonville with the poor attendance they have uh, every year out, even though he says, I'm not going to move the team, I believe he'd be the first should, to throw his How badly should he feel for sending them the Jaguars, if that's the case? <laughs> Here, take this <laughs> NFL team. <laughs> Um, we don't know why it didn't I work mean, out in London. It, yeah. We sent them the Jags. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, well, last last December, I think uh, the NFL allowed teams to claim different markets, international markets, and so there's something brewing. So, like for instance, in Germany, the Panthers and the Chiefs and the Patriots and the Buccaneers have now claimed that as their international markets. And so, I think part of what you're saying, like Jason, I wonder. You know, if there's a team in London or in a place that fans and other so Spain, I think, is in Europe, uh, the UK. I think those might be the only um, European markets. But you could see teams, the Bucks fans, if you will, that are in Germany going to that game when it's, you know, in London. Right. So the fans come in and those other markets that are there, um, you can see a longer term play. I, I also wonder, like. I, my profession does not allow me to watch football games at 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> uh, I'm a pastor, for those who don't know that. Um, but now you're creating another window, at least for eight, um, maybe even nine games. Um, 
of another window of every Sunday or every other Sunday where there's another game for folks to watch? Or is it a Saturday night game or take on college football? Like, I just feel like if the NFL can figure out how to make it work, like, like you said, Jason, it's only a matter of time um, before yeah. there's a team over in Europe. Um, or I mean, I think overseas. there's pros and cons to doing it that way versus the way it's being done now. I mean, I think one of the issues I have the way with what the way it's being done now is you're taking a home game away from the fans in in the US in these markets. So, you know, like for the Vikings this year when they played the Saints, it was technically a road game for the Vikings and a home game for the Saints. So the Saints lost that home game and it became a neutral location which played in the Vikings favor for sure. Um so I, I don't like kind of that aspect of it. I, I do think it hurts your local fan bases some, but it would definitely be interesting to see if they tried doing it full time, how that worked out. How would they perform having to fly back and forth all the time? Um, I think if you did it, would you need to do two teams so that you could have, if you were flying from the West Coast, maybe you have two games in a row. So one in Germany and one in, in London. Um and so you're not having that long distance and then you have a buy coming back after that or something. But the issue then becomes for those two teams when they're having to travel for road games, uh, it becomes yeah. much more complicated, I think, for there's, sure. There's, I think they got there's a, there's a lot they got to work out still. Absolutely. So, but I think you do it in blocks. Like you were saying, you do it in blocks. You do like three games on the road, three games at home. You know, the teams that are going out there to play and come back to a buy. I mean, it's logistic logistically you can work it out there is a way to work it out and i think those are some of the solutions but with the you know do the players want to play for that team i, I just That's don't know I how you would do it for the west yeah. coast when the player and the well, travel it's a, it's and a the... new city london if it was london yeah i mean if it's london though i mean what a great city to be in i mean you know so i mean it's not you know you're in another country but you have a number one you can get back to the united states pretty easily and number two it's a it's a great city. It has a lot of creature comforts for people with lots of money, which they would have. Well, and I mean Germany is beautiful, absolutely beautiful too, and the mountains and Munich but is language you know, Oktoberfest and like I think, I think there's a lot that would be. attract players well, to say, hey, let's do this for two years. Language barrier would be a Take lot bigger family, there. And how's that affect free yeah, agency? Yeah, there's there's definitely more of a language barrier. Or yeah, like but, I think we'd have to figure out some of that, like incentivize. I don't know what oh, that incentive would be, but there's got to be something. We talk about smart market tax code. How the taxes are completely <laughs> well, different. I mean, the yeah. league needs is going to need to incentivize <laughs> people sure. staying longer or signing or something. I just think I think that'll. I don't think initially um, that we'll see the results of that. But you know, there's markets here. We've we've mentioned some of those in previous episodes that struggle to uh, attract or retain free agents, and so um, I think it might be harder than than we think um, just the logistics of what that means for a player and their family and what they're trying to do here in the U S. Yeah. So before we jump into what if the United States men's national team had ever won a world cup or if for some miracle, not a miracle on ice, but it would be a miracle on the pitch. If they were to win it this year, what would happen? Let's uh, lay ourselves out there a little bit. Let's uh, decide and pick who we think is going to win this thing here. Tyler, because you are our non-resident expert, who, who you got today? Resident idiot. <laughs> not, resident clown. No. I said non-resident. You are a resident. Uh, <laughs> why don't you get us started with your pick? You know what? I I know kind of like 
Brazil and Argentina are kind of your betting favorites. And without knowing much about it, I'm just going to pick another team. And since uh, both my sides of my family hail from Germany, I'm going to pick Germany here. Germany. Okay. Oh, okay. Good that's, one. Is that a good pick? That's a strong yeah. pick. I'll go next as, you know, average Joe fan. Um, and since I, I do try to follow Arsenal in the Premier League, um, and I watched him miss... I watched him miss his penalty kick in um, the Euros in 2021 last year. Uh, Saka, I'm going to pick England and go with England. So I have that rooting interest. Oh, yeah. Me, me and you, you both, do. Nate. I would love to see England do it because of so many of our yeah. players. Yeah. If you've watched the EPL like me and you do, Nate, you see a lot of these players play week in and week out. So you can't help but root for them in the World Cup. But my sentimental pick and the one I think will win it is Argentina. Lionel Messi, uh, one of the best uh, players of all time. This is maybe his last World Cup and his last opportunity to win um, a World Cup for Argentina. And especially being a generational talent, the story that would be for him to finally get it with his national team would be awesome. So... I think, you know, I, I want to see Argentina win it. Fantastic. So we've got Germany, we've got England, we've got Argentina. We'll see how we do when we replay the down in a couple of episodes. Uh, for those listening here in the U.S., what should we expect? How far are we going to get? Are we going to get out of group stage? Uh, for USA, it's it's a tough groups, group stage. I mean, you've got Wales that's going to be, you know, difficult. And, of course, England, we're facing yeah. England right on. I think it's on Thanksgiving Day. So to get past both of those teams, you have to get past at least one to get out of the group stage. I mean, I don't I'm not real confident, Nate. I mean, I would love for us to um, get out of the group stage. It would require us beating Wales probably is the easiest one. And even still, there are no um, cakewalk wells. So the odds of us getting out of the group stage is probably pretty low. Okay. Hey, guys. Disappointing run. What's a, what's a group stage? No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're hang with us. We're going to have fun with this. So clearly, I'm just going to be more of a moderator this episode. I am not very knowledgeable when it comes to the sport of soccer. Um, and I think I speak probably for a lot of Americans, but I also think both Nathan and Jason do as well as the sport grows in popularity. What we want to talk about today is what if the USA men's national team ever won the world cup? I mean, we got the world cup coming up. What effect would that have on soccer here in the United States? What effect would that have on the world? Why hasn't soccer, or better known, football, uh, why hasn't it caught on in the USA so much? Uh, only 32% of US adults say they consider themselves soccer fans, uh, including 7% who say they're avid fans of the sport. I think, Jason, you probably fit in that. Um, you know, you, you compare that to the NFL, which 67% says they consider themselves fans. Uh, MLB is 55, college football 52, which actually shocked me that was that low. NBA 46%, college basketball 43%, and NHL yeah. 38%. So the, all those sports rank higher, though soccer is growing in popularity. Why do we think it hasn't caught on in the U.S.? Because it is by far the most popular sport in the world. 
Well, you know, I, I was one of those fans. Didn't have any love for soccer. Thought it was boring. Thought it was a pansy game up until 2014 <laughs> in the World Cup. Then didn't watch it. I was all in on uh, NFL, NBA, college, basketball. Loved American sports. Soccer was, you know, stupid. That's what I thought. Uh, and then my son begged me, begged me to watch the World Cup final with him. He's like, I think if you watch it and you give it a chance, you'll like it. And I watched it with Germany in the final. And I believe it was Argentina too in the final. It was Germany versus Argentina. Germany. And, yeah. <laughs> and it was actually a hard fault game. It was amazing. And I won't say I was hooked right away, but there was something there. It was a very interesting game that I wanted to find out more about. And I actually ended up switching and started watching, you know, from that, I picked me a team in the EPL, Manchester United to follow. Um, I didn't do it any sort of romantic way. I just picked a team that had lots of history and sucked because I wanted to see them rise up. Seven years later, we're still waiting for the rise up part. But I uh, ended up picking him because their their main coach, Sir Alex Ferguson, had just left. And, um, you know, he had won him so many championships. And I started watching it week in and week out. And it it, it, it grew on me, the sport, because it's fast-paced. There is not a lot of scoring, so I don't think that appeals to the United States fan. Um, and then in addition to that, tactics are sometimes hard to see. Like, you know, it's easier to pick out tactics in American sports such as NBA. You can see the tactics on the court. You can see the tactics in NFL, especially in the NFL, because coaching is such a huge part. In soccer, it's not so much. I mean, I kind of relate it to NHL. I mean, you could see some of the schemes they run, and you can see that overall in the EPL and in soccer in general, but it's you have to really be an avid fan to really pick out what they're doing because sometimes it looks like just a free-flowing game, and I yeah. think that turns some fans off in the U.S. because we kind of like to know what we're doing. Consumers of sports in America tend to like to know what they're watching, why they're doing it. They don't only want to be fan. They want to be an armchair manager or armchair coach. And so Absolutely. I think it's hard for them to wrap around it. And, and I think I, and I think as far as like fr from that standpoint, you have these long stretches of play. You know, yes, you don't have timeouts very many nope. timeouts you don't have tv timeouts where the guy in the red hat comes on the field you don't have you know you have halftime you don't have quarter breaks it's just like i don't think americans have the attention span for it um because you're talking about 45 minutes plus plus um is it injury time is it bonus time what do they call it yeah now? it's injury like, time it's extra injury time, time. so yeah. so which which is another point like what is that just stop the clock we just just make it clear it's actually extra time it's <laughs> it's and just to help all of our listeners out there basically any time that they have a foul on the pitch they stop the game they don't stop the clock they stop the game for any sort of foul even if there's an injury they don't stop the clock the game clock keeps moving and they move it. So at the end of a half they add on extra time to make up for the times they stopped that's what it's there for. I just think, like, could you imagine in the NBA, they're like, uh, blah, 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 Durant for three at the buzzer. Oh, wait, no, we got two minutes left. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like having my clear deadline. This is when the game ends. Just let me see it. So I think that's definitely an aspect. There's hope. 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 <laughs> so I see it the other way where there's hope. There's hope. You get to the... 
the 44th minute or the 89th minute and you're like okay yes. how much how much stoppage time are they going to add on cuz we we're down a goal and we need you know we can if there's three or four or five well, more that's what minutes, just happened you know, Nate we, there's hope still there's hope still that just happened to um, man united so who I'm following i think it you adds know they in, had 4 minutes yeah. of extra time over the weekend on sunday in the game um, against fulham and you know, we were tied 1-1, but we really needed this game to win this game to stay in contention for top four, which gets us a place in um, Champions League. And it was extra time, four minutes, and we had put our youth player on, 18-year-old from Argentina, uh, Granacho, and he ended up hitting the game-winning shot in the 93rd and a half minute. So, I mean, that's excitement, man. We got three and a half minutes. He ended up winning it. And it was delirium from our away fans in the Absolutely. stadium and from our players. And we wouldn't have done it if it had ended at the 90 minute mark. But you would have done it. You just would have, it would have not been the 93rd and a half minute. It would have yeah, been I think. At like the 96 and a, or the, the, uh, the eight, uh, 86 and a half minute because they would have just stopped the clock like every other sport does when there's a dead ball. <laughs> yeah, tomato, tomato. I think it works either way. I think, Tyler, though, when you start watching so- you know, soccer and you see it, you kind of appreciate that it just keeps moving the game. I think that's what because it ends up spoiling you because when you go back to regular sports and I can speak this from my perspective from watching soccer. You said regular time. sports, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> regular sports. Regular I don't know if that's sports. a good or a bad oh, thing. American sports. <laughs> American sports. How about that? All the TV timeouts. It's kind of mind numbing. It's like. Can't we just get on with the game? Like soccer, it's done and over in basically two hours. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, would, I think you're right. I, I would mean, agree like, the how, NFL goes way too long with their TV timeouts. Anyway. Well, the NFL and the NBA, yeah. unless it's the playoffs or the games on the line, like I totally find myself like, what, what quarter is it? What half is it? <laughs> how many minutes are left? What's the score? Oh, okay. Uh, let me come back to this game in the fourth quarter. Um, or yeah, basketball is terrible. Right? NBA, like, uh, my wife asks us all the time, like, hey, we're going to watch the last couple minutes of this game. Okay, how many times are they going to foul? How many times are they going to call timeout? Like, five minutes on the clock equals 30 minutes or 20 minutes of, of, you know, actual time. And I think that is an advantage of Are you saying you soccer, want commercials, is Tyler? Is that what you're saying? You want timeouts to have commercials? There's, like, no want, commercials in soccer. I want I want my brain to have an opportunity to rest for two minutes. Maybe not Oh, that's what's so exciting about soccer. But yeah. maybe just one break in each half would be great. That's all I'm saying. Tyler maybe should like go watch quarters. hockey, but we'll save that for another episode. Well, I'm, <laughs> I would just like to point out, you brought up hockey, Jason, that like it's similar that there's you can't see the tactics necessarily similar to, to hockey. Yeah, it's very and hard. It's I, don't free, think co- I don't think it's a coincidence that hockey, have, you know, I just gave you the stats, like is the lowest of all the other sports other than soccer in America because yep. it's, it's very similar. And I think the one edge hockey has over soccer is it's more violent and it's faster and you can get up the whole length of the ice in five seconds in soccer. I mean, I know these guys are really fast and they're really good and, and, and whatnot, but it's such a big field. And so it feels slower. You're the camera's typically way zoomed out you're not getting high scoring and i think that's another reason like americans love scoring you look at nfl nba like they're changing rules to make it more offensive friendly and more scoring mlb's getting rid of the shift so that more balls can get into play you know and so um i think that is one thing 
that Americans really like is seeing people score. We say we like defense, but in the end, we like to see people score. And when you have 1 1, 1 0, 2 1, I mean, a 4-1 game is, is a blowout, you know, that just doesn't necessarily resonate. I was say, as a, as a casual fan, right? I think that is one of the parts that I don't enjoy as much about soccer is that it, you know, I went to a recent Inter Miami game and it was 3 nothing, and it was like, you know, 30 minutes into the game and it was like, well, you know, I'm an optimistic guy, <laughs> so there's a chance, but like, <laughs> The, the chances aren't Same very good. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I think that is a dis, I think that does hurt the sport, at least from an American perspective. I think it hurts a period, but I think that is, and I don't know how to overcome that by any means, but I do think, you know, if you're playing a game and, you know, you score two or three times and it makes it that much harder. Uh, this also leads to the idea, you know, this tie thing that we're not very fond of either, right? Draws. So, I know that. They're draws. There you go. <laughs> yes. Look at I you, Ted Lasso. I watched Ted Lasso. <laughs> and so I do wonder, it you know, I know, uh, you know, even in the NFL when there's a tie, there's like a big groan at the end of the game. We're like, what did we just do for, what would it be yeah. in the NFL? 70 minutes, I guess, with the 70 minutes. Um, yeah. 10 minute overtime, but, I think. But, but it's totally yeah. different, though. I mean, in, in, in soccer, you got to do math, Jason. The then you so- got to do math. Like <laughs> you do have to do math. The points matter. The points keep you from relegation. They keep you in the title race. They keep you in top four, because it's not only about winning a a, a the league cup, okay, or the league championship like the Super Bowl. It's not only about the Super Bowl in soccer, because not only in soccer they have the Super Bowl or the EPL championship that's won on regular season points. You have your European competitions that you're fighting to get in, and then once you're in them. That's midseason competitions that you're trying to win because the best teams are in the the Champions League and you have teams from all over the world competing to become the Champions League winner, you know, and then you even have your smaller cups where you face smaller teams like the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup. So there's in addition to the main league, there's three other cup competitions you could potentially be in in a season and every point in those matter. That's for for England, right? Because like the U.S. Well, system, that's for, I mean, there's yeah, that's well, the U.S. England, system but everywhere isn't else. that way. And maybe that's part of the the answer to why isn't it as popular? I don't know that that, that it is, but is this like you know we set up Major League Soccer? We like we we did that back in 1996. But uh, those that set up Major League Soccer set it it's up terrible. to to resemble how we do sports, the other big four sports, if you will, um, here in the U.S. <laughs> the and regular it's just sports. Yeah, they're, they're regular sports. It's disappointing, guys. Right. This is disappointing. There, there's no relegation. It's it's at an odd time of the year with the transfer window, and someone's explained that to me before. And I the rules are terrible and for the, the transfers. Yeah, and and how they're obtained players and who's allowed to be on the team. And so, yeah, I do wonder how that we've Americanized has it. Is that to the detriment of the sport? I wonder. I mean, I think it probably Until is because like here, I, yeah. Here's what I'll talk about as you're not even a casual fan. Like, it might actually surprise you. I played soccer two years in middle school. Um, problem, I was I was sweeper on a very good offensive team, so I really just did not see much action on the field. It was just just standing with hanging out with the goalie. For the so you were really part. good at what you did. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't allow a lot, a lot of scores. But <laughs> I look at Ted Lasso, obviously fictional comedy drama whatever you want to fantastic show nathan i know you love it 
He's your he's your Leslie No counterpart here. Woo-hoo. But it's pulled me in a little bit. Like I've learned a little bit about soccer there. And and I think kind of through the eyes of of someone who knows nothing about soccer, being Ted Lasso himself, like it I have it's pulled me in. Welcome to Wrexham, the the documentary on Ryan Reynolds uh and uh Rob McElhaney purchasing a club in Wales has pulled me in. My wife and I like are looking at scores on Instagram and seeing how the team's doing and whatnot. Uh, there's a, a documentary on David Beckham right now on Disney Plus. I think those type of things are starting to pull us in. And what I appreciate about it is the unique nature of of the structure of the leagues um, and that it's not Americanized. I appreciate the relegation and the demotion and or uh, promotion. And I appreciate all those aspects of it. And MLB, like removing those, I do think has probably hurt it because I think those are some of the joys of that league and what makes it even more like, I don't want to say cutthroat, but like, you're not tanking. You're not tanking in in, in soccer. It's not, it's not like it is here The tank for a top pick. No, you you tank there. You're getting down a league. (laughs) Yeah. You're going down a league and losing a whole bunch of money. I do think it has hurt MLS that it's missing some of those elements yeah because i think you know we we talked about this in our earlier episodes but i think you know the closest example in my opinion we have to that type of system is you know college football or college basketball or college sports in general where this idea you can win your conference and you then get to go to the championship now there's not a necessarily a promotion or relegation although you know we could say with realignment and but there i think there is that's why i'm you know why I was such an am such a supporter of the playoff is there's an opportunity for folks um, to, you know, to participate, right? So there's this opportunity within the soccer pyramids in various countries to be able to go up and down the system. I think, you know, the, the, the competitions, Jason, that you were alluding to are a lot of fun. This idea like, okay, I finished at third or fourth or fifth or sixth in my, in the table and the standings. Um, yep. And so I get to go and I, I compete in this competition for this cup um, you know, even in the U.S. system, we, we still have that with the U.S. Cup and some other um, competitions. It's different still, obviously. But I watched that is. for the first time, Nate. That U.S. Cup stinks. I mean, well. it was not good. <laughs> I didn't not say not it good was, football. I didn't say it was good. <laughs> um, no, it was not good. Just, just that it exists. Angles it just exists. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> well, I think that's, I mean, that's probably part of it as well. Like, what's the quality of the product? And I think that really is, so I would probably go, mm-hmm more kind of like sociological things as part of the equation as well, right? I think there's some things along with the sport itself, but also just, I mean, the NFL, the NBA, MLB, the NHL, like these are sports, these are leagues particularly, not sports, but these are leagues that have been around for many, 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 many years. You know, Major League Soccer took off, I think, in 96 and just is, you know, and, ha- and has really grown over the course of its existence. Um, and so I think there's this head start that the other leagues have had. I think there is, you know, where one generation has passed on their fandom to the next generation that has happened in all of our lives. I mean, Tyler, you're, you're I think all of us, we are fans of the teams we like, partially some of those teams because of the relationships we've had from family members or the communities that we've lived in. And that just hasn't, that hasn't taken root yet. <laughs> I also think, you know, 
us Americans, I think everybody does, but, you know, us Americans want to watch the best. And quite frankly, we know that the best soccer players don't play in the United States. Um, sure. They're not in the, they're not in major league soccer, right? They're playing. And they, and they will never leagues. play them. We will never play them. We're not going to play them in Europe. And most of the best teams are in Europe. So even if MLS got to a point where they think they can compete with a European team, you would never see it because we would never play in the European cups. We will never have an opportunity to do that because it's a totally separate cup over here. UEFA has got it set up. So it's the North. We're having our own champions league, the North American champions league. So we'll never play Germany or, you know, any team well, that out- German, like there's the outside chance of the, the club world cup, right. Where we could play if we ever developed a team. Yeah, but I mean, that's, you know, that maybe, I mean, that's just, you know, and that would just be one MLS team, but you're not going to compete in any of these cups with the best teams in the world. Like you'll always watch. See, this is the disadvantage America has is that we'll always watch the best players in Europe play in the Champions League. The challenge is, is that, you know, how to get America to play against those teams. Because even if we become dominant here in America, we'll be playing the teams out of South America in the UEFA Cup. We're going to be playing the teams that come out of Argentina, Brazil, Mexico. You know, and those are good teams, don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, they're they're better than MLS, some of these leagues are. But they're not, you know, uh, the Bundesliga League. They're not Series A. They're not La Liga. Does it make a difference? Or, or I don't know role? any of those words you just said. <laughs> <laughs> what, what role, or is there any... Is there any do you see any future where some of the American owners of European teams are going to be looking to do the opposite of what we were talking about earlier, right? Is trying to get some games over here in the U.S. Um, from the regular season rather than what they do now, which is go on a preseason tour um, and take our dollars and have us root for players that aren't going to make the team or end up getting, you know, uh, cut or well, it's totally d- on loan or what have you. But yeah, it's totally different Nate, here. I mean, we saw last year, was it last year? Yeah, it was still during the pandemic when the Super League question was coming out. Yeah. You know, the teams were going to depart the Champions League where all the best teams play and they were going to have their own little Super League group of the best teams in the world and that was going to be their cup. And the fans rioted in the streets. They were protesting all over England Literally. and all over <laughs> Germany. Yes, it was a huge deal. Could you imagine if if an owner said, I'm going to take one of your regular season games, home games, and put it in America? Oh, they'd have to shut the team down. I mean, the the fans would riot. There's no way they would stand for it over there. But that's a different kind of sports Kind of what the NFL's done, right? Added a game or added two games, two matches, and one of them (laughs) was over here. Like, And one was there. I mean... Compromise? I mean, you could, I mean, the EPL expand over here. I mean, again, though, it's a totally different market. I mean, it'd be great for the American fans. I was going to say, I think we would eat it up just like, you know, especially if it's just a one-off game. Oh, um, yeah. We would yeah. we would eat it up. But, I mean, there's no Put way that any in the team big is house, going to There's going to be 100,000 people going to that. I mean, seriously, right? Yeah. 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 There would be. I mean, if you get, if you, okay, so it was the, the, the Bucks playing over there, Tom Brady, that would be like taking Man City with Holland and playing one of their matches over in, 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 in the USA. Could you imagine taking one of Man City's games home? My son would be livid and he doesn't even live there. He'd be like, why are they playing it here and not in front of the fans? The fans there would riot again. You're taking one of those teams and bringing them over here, even though it'd be great for the sport. It's a different type of fan over there, though. 
They're invested in the teams. Most of these teams were built by the fans 100 years ago. I mean, or more in some cases. And they, they, it comes from a hardworking background. These are blue-collar people that built these teams and their families, and they have loads of history in these teams. And even if you come in as an owner, you still have to appease the fans. You can't just walk in and do whatever you want, or you will cause an uproar. The, team, the, the fans expect something out of you as an owner, namely to complete, compete. And I would, I would say like the, the Welcome to Wrexham documentary with the whole Ryan Russell, like that was fascinating watching that process owners with money that wanted to come in for and they were fifth, especially as they were fifth tier right fifth tier for, team yeah that's happening for, for a me. really low tier like they i think 14 straight years or 13 straight years in this yep. in this league which was the longest but like the passion they have for that team that these guys who wanted to come in help the club like they looked especially because they were american and celebrities and they they looked at them like Suspicious. Is this really yeah. what? Yeah. You know, is this really? Yeah. Do you really so, mean well? Or are you going to sell off the parts? Because that had happened that some a former owner tried to do that. So I do think um, that tradition. It, it, I don't even know if this is a good example. It's like Texas high school football. Like it's so ingrained in Texas culture, and we don't have that for soccer like these teams do in Europe that have done it for over a century. Yeah, so as part of that on, like, I mean, this is a big question, but I'm thinking, like, this is, like, rookie-level baseball or a single-A team, and, I mean, it's probably lower than that. I mean, I'd have to do the side-by-side comparison, but, and so the yeah. the passion and the, the loyalty and the longevity, like, is part of this a result of, like, just, I mean, obviously the United States is a younger country, so that's part of it, but, um yeah there's something societal in there of like, I mean, how, who, I can't even name a local minor <laughs> league. Team. I mean, the Charlotte, the Charlotte Rays, I think, they're, right. They're, but they're, like it, Charlotte uh, Knights, Charlotte well, Knights, that's a yeah. triple yeah. A Yeah. Tour, yeah actual tourists. Like, like, could you imagine, could you imagine like the, the city of Charlotte being like so obsessed with the Charlotte Knights that, if new owners came in, whatever, and they're just outrage and rioting and and whatnot, like that, just it's so foreign to us. Yes, it, it well because we're used to it here. We're used to somebody else owning the team and doing what they want with it. We've been conditioned that way. Is my is is my thesis on it. I don't know. As fans, we just take it because we don't have any vested interest, you know, besides for paying for season tickets, which they up, and our season tickets here in America are way higher than any ticket to, you know, any soccer league match over in Europe, you know, anywhere in Europe. And so we're used to paying all this money, but not getting any kind of say out of it. Um, We're used to only watching, you know, five minutes and then 10 minutes of commercials, you know, over there, if you try to put commercials in the middle of a soccer match, they would again lose their mind. I mean, if the, we're used here in America, we're used to the commercialization aspect and not taking full ownership of something, but still rooting for it over there. It's a community. It's a way of life and they don't want anything commercial touching it that way. Yeah. Besides I mean, all the it, branding on the jerseys. Yeah. And everywhere. I say all the jerseys. The, 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 <laughs> the lights on. <laughs> I, I will say that the U S does seem to buy in the U S culture seems to buy in when it comes time to world cup uh maybe not even so much olympics but world cup i mean i remember distinctly 
the the women's world cup in 99 like that Absolutely. was kind of a, a pivotal pivotal moment and because that was played in the rose bowl that championship game i mean everyone know anyone who was alive then who watched it like brandy chastain down on her knees <laughs> pulling her jersey off and and whatnot and like that was a pivotal moment that turned participation around um it turned you know it just it was strong for women's sports in general um actually like participation wise if you look at high school soccer participation participation since 2002 so a couple few years after after that game has grown from 2002 to 2019 32 percent high school participation so it is growing and i do think we do like kind of big events you talk about the super Absolutely. bowl you talk about the olympics yes. you talk about whatnot so so i think the world cup is that so my question would be like if we won one a world cup if the men's team because the women's done it four times and and it has helped and it's helped with equality. You know, you, you've seen what's going on with the women's uh, team on and off the field. You know, with Title Nine and participation, absolutely. But Equal pay and so forth. Even so, if it's yeah, absolutely. E yeah, even if it's completely wrong. Um, I don't know that it's wrong, but it maybe not fair that men get more attention. It just seems to be what it is. What would winning the World Cup? do if the men actually won the world cup what would it do for soccer here in the country what effect would it have and how would it affect maybe even if we won the world cup would other teams want to start playing us more i i don't know you tell me ah uh, if we won the world cup that would be sensational i mean i i wouldn't i wouldn't know what to say honestly i mean especially since it's not a gra grassroots sport here i mean i know the participation's up as you said 32 percent, but it's still a predominantly money sport and when i say that it, it takes money to travel to the leagues to get better um some of the best leagues you have to pay thousands of dollars to participate in and there's thousands of dollars in hotel stays but all around the rest of the world it is you have a, you're just kicking it outside the front of your house. You go right down the street. There's tons of leagues, tons of t uh, kids playing, and it's just all you need is one ball. That's all you need. It's not an expensive sport, but somehow here in America we have found a way to make it an expensive sport to play <laughs> for the youth kids. <laughs> travel leagues, yes, travel leagues, Tyler. Yeah. And so even if they won, I do believe it to have a huge effect. But I think I think the effect would come in from people calling for more grassroots organizations to move it away from a travel league. It would allow more um, access to youth centers and youth leagues, I think. And maybe it not have the short-term effect that we're looking at, but by investing in more infrastructure because people are interested and want to play it, and maybe even people wanting to capitalize on that because it, it would be a, a new sport we could dominate it. Um, I think the infrastructure, you know, that would allow us to build out the youth in infrastructure that 15, 20 years from now would allow us to compete. I don't think immediately we would see the effects of it, but I think 15 years down the road, you would see huge effects from it. I'm not as optimistic. I think I can only, I can only imagine with a smile on my face and a dreamy eye or a dreamy look in my eye, what it would be like, uh, that world cup would be like you right like the knockout round and then the semi the quarters and the semis and then what this country the fever fever or fever how do you say that word anyway i can only imagine the excitement 
um, of what would be going on in this country, the anticipation. And the hate they would have for us Europeans. Oh, I'm sure. But like <laughs> no. that would be so amazing. Like, I, I think the women's, the last women's final was on a Sunday morning. And just I remember like checking my phone and talking with some of my members and the excitement from them. Like there was just excitement. And I can only imagine what this country would be like during the actual World Cup. I think there would probably be a bump of excitement for a while. I think if hopefully MLS would take advantage of that and do some great marketing and there'd be some trade-offs. I'm concerned about MLS's new deal, frankly, with Apple. Um, I know that the regionalization and how they were they were showing their teams was a mess. I agree. It was hard to watch them. I just don't know if putting... Apple's the, not going to grow it, I, Nate. I agree with I you. I was going to say, put in it behind the payroll, but I'm digressing. Another payroll. ESPN Plus seemed like yep. a good place for <laughs> Ten that years. to be. But... I, I don't I don't think that's great, but I just think there would be a bump. There would be excitement. Absolutely. We love big uh, deals. We love uh, big events. We love a winner. I think that's part of the answer to our question of why it hasn't been as successful in the U.S. is we just haven't had a winner. Um, you know, the more we can identify, and especially I hope that Fox does a great job, you know, identifying who our players are, where they play at in, in international leagues so that we can follow them or where they're playing. And we have a we have a lot of MLS MLS players on the team where they're playing domestically, so that we you know we can hear their stories. I hope they make it into the uh, to the knockout round, so that we get to have them around for at least another game and extend that those stories. But I really I don't know. I don't. I'm not optimistic that the sport would take off any more than it already is. I think that. Uh, some of the numbers show us that eventually the sport will continue to grow as our country changes, I think even demographically. You can look up uh, stories of U.S.-Mexico games. I know there was one, I think there was that um, in Denver recently, and just you know the cheers for the Mexican team and uh, the amount of fans. And like I, there are stories of the U.S. having to play games in other parts of the country so that they would have a home um, a court advantage or home field or pitch advantage. And so I think that, you know, the sport itself, though, I think will continue to gain more popularity. But I don't know that that long term that it will gain that much if the if the U.S. would actually win, the U.S. national men's team would actually win. We've seen we have a winning team. We have an amazing team. They happen to be our women's team, right? Who just yeah. dominates and dominates and dominates. And they're extremely popular. And I think they have helped raise the profile and the interest of soccer overall in the U.S. And then the National Women's Soccer League, you know, is an example of that, I'd say, in the popularity and the growth that it's had. As Do you well. think it's but, because more opportunities, Nate, that the women succeed more than the men? Do you think it's because of lack of opportunities in other sports for women's athletes to yeah, actually that shine? Yeah, that could be right? There's that no they, football they, or baseball. They, yeah, that's probably part yeah, of it, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, you have softball, but there's no football equivalent. So yeah. when you think yeah. about... Well, and there's Nate, no professional... Baseball equivalent. I mean, there is a, a fast pitch women's softball league, but it's not like MLB. What conditions would it take to make soccer in demand that would make it maybe even eventually could it ever even surpass American football? Or is American football so ingrained here the way soccer is in Europe and South America, and whatnot? Is there anything? Is it, you know, like the the women winning in the Rose Bowl back in 99, if the men were to win when the U- World Cup comes to the U.S. in a few years, what would, could that make a difference? 
the MLS is a mess. I mean, you're yeah. not facing the best teams in the world, so you're never going to be the best or considered the best in the short term over the next 10 years. But, you know, at, at the same time, everybody in America, they watch teams to see the best athletes, the best teams play. And you really are watching because, hey, I'm watching the best. If you can never say you're watching the best, do Americans really want to watch it? Yeah. Not really. Yeah, I mean, that's the struggle with like all these rogue, how do I call them, rogue football leagues, but the XFL and the USFL. Yep. And like, 100%. They, they, they watch them. They don't, you know, you look at, we've talked about plenty of times, the rise of the SEC and the way they recruit, like, it's the best. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. Um, but I do think, much like NIL, in football and in basketball, like if the if enough money's offered, it could change. Money was money might get eventually. Maybe changes who participates, um, and maybe that has a longer term as far as how then we we consume it, right? How we watch, how we participate, what we spend our dollars on as sports fans. But that's a that's a long. As if the, if the idea is to surpass the NFL. Like we're not, I don't think we're going to see that in our lifetimes. Is that possible in the future? I I think so, but that's more from like the sure anything's possible um, standpoint (laughs) rather than like, yes, this is the clear path of how this is going to happen. Um, You know, I, I, well, the NFL would have to implode. (laughs) Yeah. I think that would probably be the, the way that happens, right? It's soccer ascending and NFL or football becoming such a, a pariah for CTE or what other other issues there might be, um, that it it's descending and something needs to take its place. I, I think of you know to to kill our podcast, um, but no, but seriously, like <laughs> you know, every four years we have the Olympics, right? And America, so I'm a I'm a runner, I'm a, um, I'm a marathoner, and I think of we're not we don't win marathons. Uh, typically, although we did have a third place finisher in the last women's marathon for the Olympics, but I digress. The fact that you probably don't know that is an example of what I'm saying, though, right? <laughs> is, you know, we dominate in, in sprints or we're competitive a lot in the sprints and we can go up to the middle distances. And do you guys watch the Diamond League track meets? Probably not. Somebody does because Peacock has them on there and I watch them every now and then. Um, but we're, you know, we just, we like what we like. And unfortunately, you know, soccer is growing and gaining a foothold. And I think we'll continue to do so. But I don't, I don't see it overtake. It might overtake NHL. I could see that. But then, you know, the, the, the difference between the NHL and the NFL is just a chasm in the audience that they pull. We know that with MLB and even the World Series is getting outperformed, I think, by, you know, season, in-season college football games. And so... Well, I mean, I'm kind of sour on the MLS, though, Nate. I mean, we this year that. was the first year I was going to – we got a team here. We got a team in Charlotte for the MLS. I signed up for season tickets, and that's that was going to be on the list. When they announced it, I was going to be a season ticket holder to Charlotte FC. Come season ticket time, they had come up with a scheme called PSLs, uh, American fans. PSLs. I'm sure we all know this. Yep. yep. And so Didn't you had to buy come a P- up with that? Did Jerry yes, Richardson you the could bring Jerry Richardson for that to fund the team. And they wanted me to... Now, this stadium is Panther Stadium, which already has existing PSLs for the Panthers. They want me to also buy a season ticket PSL to, in order to buy season tickets. Not only on top of that, 
a ticket to the match would cost me more than it would to go watch Liverpool versus Manchester United, a game. The best game you can go to in the EPL, it would cost me more just for a regular game in the ML- MLS to go watch it. The, see, the tickets are outrageous. So that turned me off. I was like, well, I'm not buying season tickets. You can stuff. And I actually told them all that in the ticket office that you guys are crazy. <laughs> and that, you know, I hope you fail. Um, that's what I honestly told every one of those guys that called there, me in the office begging me to. <laughs> yeah. And then I proceeded to watch the games. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a fan. Maybe they'll change my mind. I'll end up paying the money. Open mind. Good, good. My son was going to watch it too. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to go into this with my son. We're going to watch it. We love soccer. It's some of the worst playing soccer I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it was was horrible, Nate. You talk about boring? Oh, my God. They could not even pass the ball. Like, simple passes they can't do. And then the ref, the refereeing. You talk about NFL we do every week and NBA refereeing. It has nothing on the MLS. Those referees are horrible. They would be nowhere in Europe. I could never determine what they were actually calling a foul. So the league as a, as a product is not that good. I mean, there are some exciting games, but its product is far and away worse. I think somebody relates it to there's the the Premier League, and then you have the Championship League, and then you have League, I think it's League Two after that, or League One, and then League Two. So it's somewhere along the league one to championship level is what they say that you're watching MLS. And boy, I was hard pressed some games this year to even compete with that. I was like, I'd rather go watch the championship. At least they can score some cool goals. I mean, because MLS was brutal to watch this year. I think about five games left in the season. I just checked out. I didn't even watch the rest Which of the season. Which is saying something for, and for I'm a, a huge, huge soccer, soccer guy. Fan. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, if we're taking... It's not a, a direct comparison, but since we brought up the XFL, right? Like, let's go export the XFL to some other country and and grow football, uh, American football, by doing that. Like, <laughs> didn't they try that? Okay. The, the the NFL did that with the Europe yeah, and it or did well for a yeah, while, yeah, and yeah. it didn't. It? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. But we got Jake to home, so that's true. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There and some other greats, but so I mean, it, it feels like what we're saying is soccer. Could be popular, but it's not going to be a U. I, it's not going to be a U.S. product. It's going to be guys like Jason falling in love with teams in in Europe more so than yeah. The MLS. Here. I think the MLS is going. It is succeeding and will continue to succeed um, because folks are going to fall in love with the game. They're going to have a team like Jason and I do, an an, an international team, and then they're going to say. Maybe not, with, maybe, maybe not with maybe maybe not with what Jason's experience, but are going to say, you know what, I, I really want to be able to go watch this, or I want to be able to experience this live, and I can't get to Europe, I can't, I can't go to South America or whatever. It is. Oh, it's awesome live, and so I'm going to go to my it's local a great game MLS team and support them that way. And I think there is a path of growth in that way. The idea that it, I think it could overtake um, NHL. I think, frankly, it could overtake MLB. Um, I think it could maybe be NASCAR. On, NASCAR yep. It's probably overtaken NASCAR at this rate, but um, <laughs> and and maybe get on par with NBA. Even I could see that in some ways. Um, I think I think MLB's got major issues with in the U.S. with um, homegrown talent. Uh, you look at the World Series. You look at the playoffs. Like how many of those guys after the inter- end of the game do they have interpreters for? Because they're all from yeah. the islands, or you know, some some Hispanic nation, and there's there's not nearly as many. I think I think they talk about like 
the amount of black American born players in MLB is so small now. You don't get the Ken Griffey's anymore. You don't get the Barry Bonds anymore. Um, so yeah, I could absolutely see soccer over overtaking that. And well, they, and maybe, they're a mess. MLB is a mess right now. They got to yeah. change their product to because I mean, yeah, you know, society has changed. Our attention spans have changed, and MLB yeah. hasn't kept up with that. Well, that's why they're trying the pitch pitch clocks and and shifts yeah. and whatnot, trying to get scoring up and speeding the game up, and and the purists aren't going to like that at all. But eventually, I mean, you're going to have to let them go because they're going to die. Here's off. the thing, MLB insider tip here, expert here: uh, seven innings, seven innings. Sorry, Major League Baseball Players <laughs> Association, nobody got time for them nine innings. The seven inning stretch is leaving the game. That's right. <laughs> Courtesy of my courtesy <laughs> of my wife who says that every time we go to an MLB game, if it were seven innings, Let's I would love this innings. sport. This would be great. Oh, it does drag. You're right, though. I've never thought about that, Nate, but you're right. Come by the seventh inning, you're ready. I mean, There's no reason they have a seventh inning stretch. <laughs> <So>. Well, <laughs> let's, if you have to have something called a seventh inning stretch, it might be too long, but we're digressing to another sport. That's another it time. How would we fix? <laughs> what if... Yeah. What if How Major League baseball, baseball didn't put you yeah. to sleep? I mean, we, we, we've obviously, like, I think devolved from our, our regular, <laughs> our original topic here about what if the U.S. actually won the World Cup, and it's more like, why don't people like soccer in the U.S.? <laughs> what would happen worldwide? Forget the country, because the opinion here seems to be like, it would grow, it would probably grow as Nothing's it is, maybe a little quicker. Worldwide. But it, it's not going to be overnight. I mean, would the U.S., would the rest of the world just be like stupid Americans or yes. would they just be like, nothing's really going to happen? Like, they're not going to, that's a fluke one, you know, does it change at all? Is there anything the U.S. can do to impact kind of the worldwide game at all? Or is it too ingrained in world culture that even a champion, world, a World Cup champion uh, isn't going to make much difference? Some of the best players are already for the U.S. are already playing, yeah, in, in all all over Europe. Our best yeah. players on the the team are playing in Europe, so they're already known. So it, I don't think it would have much effect at all. They'd be like, "Oh, they got hot. They looked good. Those players showed up." But I don't think what took you so long. I don't think, I think, I think that effect. would be the response. Like, welcome, yeah, welcome. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks for joining us today. You can follow us at Replay the Down on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to hit that follow button and share it with your friends. We want to hear from you. What if the men's national team ever won a World Cup? Would it make a difference or would things stay fairly the same? That's our show. I'm Tyler. I'm Nathan. I'm a huge soccer fan. Go Argentina. <laughs> and join us on next episode as we replay the down.